We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. KC Laboratory, sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's another live edition of the KC Laboratory brought to you by Emprise Bank. Listen, it doesn't matter if you're down here in Wichita with me. If you're in North Carolina with Maddie, Emprise Bank is the bank for you. It, the proximity doesn't matter. No, nobody goes into a bank anymore. Everything is done online, and they are a bank that is uniquely equipped to help you, your personal goals, and your business goals grow to their highest heights. They, they're, they're a partner with us, and have been here since day one. They helped us out with the KCSN Draft Guide. We love Emprise Bank so much. They are our partner in possible Emprise Bank member FDIC. Maddie, my friend, we are without Kent Swanson again. Um, Ken is doing okay. He's, he's doing all right. We're, you know, we, we love him. We, we miss him, all of that stuff, but buddy, this is the biggest game of the year and they're leaving it to the two defensive guys to talk about arguably the biggest offensive matchup in the league this week. Listen, um, Kent knows that I was coming into town this weekend and he's really mm-hmm. trying to avoid this one-on-one matchup. Like he's, he thought about this days in advance. He's starting to get under the weather. He didn't, he wanted to know this. He, I sent him a picture. I was packing up the shoes. I was, I was bringing the basketball shoes with me. We were bringing the Kobe Lowe's. They were ready. They were going in the bag. And all of a sudden I get a text from Kent. Oh, I'm not feeling so good. I don't know if I'll be around this weekend. I might not be here. I'm not feeling so good. I'm kind of under the weather. It's so like, I guess I'm to blame for this. I'm to blame for Kent not being here, Greg. Oh man, I, th- I think he would he would give his right leg to be here, which would also get him out of playing basketball with you. So I mean, I think the man is really clearly ducking you right now. But for sure, yeah. But two teams it gives that are ducking. It does give us an opportunity. We're just going to talk about only defense, only the Bills oh. and the Chiefs defense all game long. No Josh Allen, no Patrick Mahomes. Everybody else has got you covered there. We can't do that. We can't do but that. We can throw a curveball. Let's do you want to start with the defense today, Craig? Let's start do with the Do you want defense. to start with the defense? Kent's not here to tell us no. Yes. Let's do we the have damn no thing. We have no outline. We are firing from the hip. We are gonna Steve Spagnolo kitchen sink this at everybody. And what better <laughs> way to do that than just flip the show on its head and start with the defense first of this game of all games? Hell yeah. Let's do it. And let's start with what we expect out of the Chiefs coverage-wise on defense here. Um, 
we've seen so far without Trent McDuffie that the Kansas City Chiefs and Steve Spagnuolo have kind of focused on a few more static concepts. They still run some man, but it's been mostly zone and a little more static than we've seen. Certainly Steve Spagnuolo in his time in Kansas City. He's been all over the place with his coverage calls and everything like that. He's gotten exotic in coverage. And he hasn't done that so far this year since Trent McDuffie left. Now Trent McDuffie is inside the 21-day window, could come back this week. They played a lot more man coverage with Trent McDuffie on the field. I don't think that's a good idea, though, Maddie. I think you've got to stay in zone because you've got to keep eyes on the quarterback. Like You can't keep take your eyes on You can't man turn away from Josh Allen and just let him basically run free into the secondary here. But he's also capable of carving you up in zone as well. I just, I'm curious to see what the Chiefs defense can do with Trent McDuffie back on the field if he is to play this week, which I think we're all hoping and expecting that to be the case. Andy Reid has kind of alluded to that. So we're hoping for that to be the case. I'm hoping to see a lot more match zones. I'm hoping to see a lot more, you know, maybe some single high, some split safety, split field coverages. I, I want to see Spagnolo in his bag a little bit more than we have seen him but I do still expect it to be a lot of zone coverage with Josh Allen's legs being a true threat to this defense. This is the problem that you can't, it's hard to play man coverage against the Bills because as you brought up, Josh Allen is an exceptional scrambler or runner of the football. And once Josh Allen gets moving up, the dude's just too damn big. He's just too <laughs> big. You can't tackle him. Anybody that can catch him can't tackle him because he's too big. I just, it is one of the most unfair things in all of football is how big and athletic Josh Allen is, but also still plays quarterback. And we've seen it time and time again. He, he's jumping over Dan Sorensen and then running over Bobby Wagner, right? Like yeah. a guy that can do that, it's just that's that's not allowed. So no, he's too big. You can't let him get ahead of steam. So to do that, that means you do have to keep eyes on him. So you're either going to dedicate someone to spy him or you're going to have to play zone. If you're dedicating someone to spy him and still play man coverage, okay, fine. Let's even go down that road, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to yeah. take one of the deep safeties away. You're just going to play mm -hmm. single high against the Bills now. That mm -hmm. seems kind of dicey. Okay. Yeah. You're going to only rush three instead of four so you can spy then. Mm, wow. Not getting any pressure with a three-man pass rush now, are you? And even if you do, there's a lot more escape lane. So I, I don't know if the Chiefs can play man. And this, is, this isn't even getting to the fact that do the Chiefs have anyone that can actually man cover Stephon Diggs right. or Gabriel Davis? Yeah. Like we haven't even gotten no. to that point yet. I mean, I mean, yeah, you're gonna have to bracket Stephon Diggs. Period. Like if you're playing man coverage, it doesn't matter. Even we're huge fans of Legarius Sneed and Trip McDuffie. I don't want them one on one against Stephon Diggs. He's one of the best receivers in the NFL. That's just not a situation that is conducive to the Chiefs defense in that scenario. So, yeah, you're still going to have to allocate safety help over the top. Play some two-man. Play some of that you know stuff underneath if you are playing man coverage. But it's not the eliminator like it has been in some matchups so far this season where we've seen them blink, bring blitzes, be able to play a little man on the back end. I, I'm just not sure that we're going to see that as much this game. I, yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't know who's going to cover the, those kinds of guys if you are playing you know, man coverage. Right. And yeah. And I think that's, I would argue that it's probably best if you have the guys to do it, to play man coverage against Josh Allen, because he has one of those arms that if Zane's zone coverage, there will eventually be gaps. He has the arm that he can exploit all of those gaps and he's doing better and better at doing that. So I guess this kind of goes into my, uh, my next point. We usually have mm -hmm. three key things. Um, We don't today. We're just kind of talking. <laughs> See, Spagnuolo, he, we need to throw the kitchen sink. Like, I think the only chance the Chiefs have, and this is what happened two postseasons ago, not last year in the big shootout, but two postseasons ago, you could tell in the first quarter, Steve Spagnuolo put Josh Allen on his heels. He threw a lot at him on first down, second down, third down, whenever it was, there was just a lot to handle. And Josh Allen has grown a lot since then, especially with his pre and post snap reading of a defense. But we've seen Steve Spagnuolo go out there and get a Tom Brady, get an Aaron Rodgers. He can get anybody in the league. I think this is a game where he's got to put it all out there and you're going to get burnt some. You're going to get some Rashad mm -hmm. Fenton's versus Devontae Adams one-on-one -on -one that goes for a touchdown. You're going to get beat by some Jamar Chase stuff, some Stefan Diggs. These guys are going to find plays at work, but if you're throwing everything at them, you can put that little bit of doubt in Josh Allen's head that maybe what he sees pre-snap isn't their post-snap. And Josh Allen, for as great as he is, 
there are times where he can start to overthink. And when he starts to overthink, that's where you see him usually come out with a little bit more pedestrian type games. And I think the Chiefs really need to do that. So man, zone, blitzing, not blitzing, whatever it is, it just needs to be ever evolving and not follow any tendency. I think if the Chiefs have any chance to get some stops here. Yeah, full agree here. I I, I think blitzing, it, it, there's going to be a fine line. I, I'm I'm with Maddie. I it, you want to see the blitz because that's where the Chiefs have had just an immense amount of success getting pressure, and you will get free shots at Josh Allen. Now, it's not to say that you're going to get sacks because we've seen them get free shots at Tom Brady, who will you know kind of fall down under a stiff breeze. Meanwhile, Josh Allen is built like a tank, so you're going to have to really focus to bring a guy like that down. We'll see if that occurs because, yeah, you leave yourself open. When you when you bring those blitzes, you leave yourself open for some of these hot routes to Devin Singletary, stuff underneath. You can have Stephon Diggs break something off and be able to turn it into a massive you know gain after the case. So you're going to put yourself into some precarious position. So, yes, I'm with Matt. you got to keep it evolving. you got to keep it changing. You can't run static stuff. What we've seen so far this year, part of the reason why the Chiefs pass defense, which – we all like, we're all fans of, because you know these young players are playing pretty well. So far this season, they are ranking near the bottom in almost every statistical category. Some of that is because they were kind of covering a lead at the end of the game, and they were trying to protect some stuff. But other times, like we saw against the Las Vegas Raiders here, you get a quarterback that can get after you a little bit. And they have been gotten after a little bit. So I think that this is an opportunity for the Chiefs to really uh, unload the clip. Coming up here against Kyle Shanahan, where you're probably going to want to play a little more base, probably going to want to kick out and play a little more basic because you're not going to really fool him. And if you do fool him, he does so much exotic stuff. So it's okay to put a lot of stuff on film right now. And so that kind of leads me to my another point for me, Maddie. Is this a Joe Cullen game? Um, Joe Cullen last year for the Jacksonville Jaguars, the arguably the most marquee win that the Jacksonville Jaguars had last year was beating the Buffalo Bills 9-6 to in a game. And that was a game that Josh Allen threw for four, threw 47 times for about 240 yards, threw a couple of picks, had four sacks on him, and they really didn't get anything going. I think their longest drive was about 46 yards. That is just the polar opposite of what the Buffalo Bills generally are. You know, explosive plays, big drives, lots of points on the board. The Buffalo Bills kicked field goals on the first two possessions of the game and then didn't score a single point after that. That is very atypical. And Joe Cullen, who was the DC for the Jacksonville Jaguars at that time, came up with a good plan for him. You know, it, it was a varied rush path. They were keeping him in the pocket. They were making him uncomfortable. Didn't allow him to pick up a lot of yards on the ground with his legs. Didn't allow the, the Buffalo Bills run game to get going and force Josh Allen to be a little bit more of a passer in the pocket. And that is dangerous at times, but the way that he was able to implement his cover scheme on the back end, keep it varied, keep the rush pass varied, keep him guessing with where the pressure was coming from was really masterful last year and was really kind of the high moment of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now he's with the Chiefs. We've seen Steve Spagnolo before take advice from his defensive you know, assistants. We've, we've heard him talk about Matt House contributing to the Super Bowl game plan. We've heard him and Brendan Daly talk about their symbiosis and making the game plan and everything. I fully expect that he's with Joe Cullen this week and saying, hey, buddy, what we got, let's come up with something here because I, I think that's a resource you got to lean on. And a quick rewatch of that game. I didn't go through the whole thing, but I just kind of zip, quickly zip through it. It's hard to take a lot away from me because I think the Jaguars just kind of came out and bullied the Bills in that one, right? And that's hard to design a game plan around just bullying another team. I'm not saying it can't yeah. happen. That can be an emphasis all week in practice and part of the game plan. You can say, hey, if we bully them, you can get these kind of results. You can see them fold to X, Y, and Z. But that seemed to be a lot of the game plan. Like I'm looking through it now and yeah, it looked like the Jaguars didn't blitz a lot but they did bring blitzes from non-defensive linemen from a bunch of different, the Jaguars did from a bunch of different players. So I'm seeing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different guys that aren't defensive linemen had at least one rush uh, in the game. Five of those guys had more than three or more. So like they were mm -hmm. bringing extra pressures, extra men frequently, or not even necessarily frequently, just a lot of them. Right. And so 
maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just bringing pressures on certain situations from different areas of the field, playing quality coverage behind it. I mean, I think any quarterback gets beat if you can get pressure with four rushers, right? That's the best oh, plan yeah. versus any quarterback that exists. Josh Allen is no different. Problem is, if you can't get that, how do you approach it? And it looks like the Jaguars were able to just throw a lot of different stuff at him and had success. Even this year, so far, the Bills against the Blitz, they're ninth in the league, which is good, but ninth in the league against the Blitz is a far step down from most of their other offensive stats. Most of the other offensive stats, spoiler, <laughs> are like first. So yeah. <laughs> them being ninth, like that's worth noting. And especially it's on neutral or rundown Blitzes is where they seem to have the most quote-unquote struggles. And it's third and long or second and long, and you're they're expecting a pass. They have no problem with the Blitz, but it's those neutral downs, those rundowns, that they haven't had as much success. So I'm just, I'm intrigued whether it's Colin, whether it's Spagnola, what's it going to look like? I'm just hoping that it's a lot of stuff. And if the Chiefs, if Joe Colin did see something, whether it's angles, whether it is bringing these rushes from certain looks, if that can be replicated, because a lot of what I watch, I mean, Dwayne Smoot's out there dominating them. And like, mm-hmm. that's not a game plan, right? Like I you can't no. game plan that just have a journeyman level Jag come out and dominate a game like he did in that one. So yeah, Kyle Coffey's the front four has to be so good. And I agree on one hand, but on the other, like it's the coach's job to make them not have to be to have that success. And I think that's kind of what we're alluding to with these points is how does Spagnolo, how did Joe Cullen make this front four that might only be okay, look better than they are because they're going to need it. Yeah, they are. Uh, Dwayne Smoot, a literal jack that game, literal jack. Um yeah, no, you you definitely do. Yeah, we could sit here every single week and some <laughs> weeks in consecutive weeks we sit and we talk about the what's the defensive line going to do? You really got to get pressure with four and all of that. And we do that, you know, a lot because it's true. And they have to be better than we saw them against the Las Vegas Raiders. And some of that has to do with the way that the run game was able to get going the heavy personnel and the way that they were able to kind of fool some stuff. If you tune in tomorrow to the KC sports network, you know, you can catch Mike and DJ. We broke down some of that stuff. It was one of the most excited times that I've been able to, you know, talk to Mike DeVito and Derek Johnson, because when they first came into the league, it looked a lot different than it does now. (laughs) You know, they were, there was a lot of heavy personnel. There was a lot of tackle eligible, a lot of fullbacks, a lot of stuff like that. So those two guys are sitting there pointing stuff out. Oh, you know, it's got to go here. It's got to do this, you know, like calling stuff out and all that. We got about midway through it. One of the things they said, spoiler alert for tomorrow is, you know, this probably feels like to these guys, guys like Leo Chanel, guys like, you know, defensive Uh, linemen out there. Leo played in the big 10. So did Carl okay, fair, 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 fair. But I mean, like some of these guys, they're probably looking at it the same way that like these guys looked at the zone read when it started hitting the NFL in a big way, where all of a sudden it was like, oh, holy crap, what are we going to do here? You're not going to see that this week. This is going to be more of a traditional attack. This is 11 personnel. They run at the fifth most in the league. It's about 75% of the time. And they also run the second most 10 personnel. That's no tight ends on the field, four wide receivers on the field. So they are a very light personnel team, and I don't expect that to change, and it shouldn't because that offense is clicking, and you're not going to go away from it just to try and fool the Kansas City Chiefs. You're going to try and line up and beat up on them. So I am curious to see if that front four looks better because they're seeing a lot more traditional sets, traditional spacing with their with their offensive line, not having to worry about kicking into a five technique just in case they run the ball on X down or something like that it allows you to be a lot more consistent with your rush lanes, a lot more consistent with your angles and not have to worry so much about that extra gap that's there in the, in that box allows you to play the pass, play the run a lot more comfortably than we saw them. So I'm curious to see if the front four kind of reverts back to what we've seen so far this year, which has been largely pretty good overall compared to what we expected them to be. If you want a game to just focus on uh, defending the pass, buddy, this is it. Let me tell you, the Bills don't want anything to do with running the football. They're not particularly good at it, and they don't particularly want to do it. So 
hey, good game. I bet that the Chiefs see very, very little six offensive linemen plus a fullback on the field in uh, in this one. I don't imagine I, they will run you know into what? that too often again. If there was a DraftKings bet for that, I would hammer the under. I don't care what the under is. It could be Ooh. negative 1%, and I would hammer now, the see, under on that. Now, here's my only issue. I'm thinking back now, third and short, fourth and short. Why not come out like that and then just run Josh Allen too? Like, oh, yeah. why not just come out and just, you know, QB power, uh, you know, counter bash, just something like that with Josh Allen getting all his little... anyway, that's that's sad. Let's yeah. let's talk about the pass a little bit, I suppose, right? Yeah. Um before we move on to the offense, I want to talk about the pass. I want to talk about Josh Allen airing it out. I specifically want to talk about this um Chiefs defense that has a tendency to get destroyed by deep, deep passes. I don't mean 20-yard go routes. I don't mean post routes. No, no, no. I mean passes that are going 40, 50 yards. This team that sees Patrick Mahomes a lot in practice sure has an awful feel for staying deeper than the deepest. They always have. I mean, not always, but like they have for years now. They Derek Carr to Nelson Aguilar should ring some bells. Uh, Just last year, Josh Allen in the playoffs, Joe Burrow throwing to Jamar Chase. Like I know I'm mentioning a lot of good quarterbacks and good receivers here, but at the same time, like look at some of these plays. These are deep balls and Chiefs defenders just aren't keeping proper leverage against them. You want, if our cornerbacks get free release to wide receivers, it's going to be a long night. Yeah, probably. But at the same time, you can't miss a press against Gabe Davis and Stefan right. Diggs and also not have a long night, right? So like, yes, this corners have to play well, but I think more so you just have to be aware that Josh Allen will throw the ball 50 yards in the air to hit Gabe Davis. And this is a safety thing. This is not just a cornerback. This is a safety thing. We have seen Juan Thornhill. I, we've seen probably even Justin Reed play a little too shallow on some mm-hmm. routes. Like Brian Cook, these guys have to respect the deep pass. And I, like I said, I don't mean 20, 30 yards. I mean deep because we've seen Josh Allen hit guys this year. We've seen the Chiefs give up these plays to the Raiders. This is something they don't defend well. And this is a kind of game to where it can essentially lose it to you. Again, see last year in the playoffs, if it wasn't for those final 13 seconds, they would have lost because they could not stay on top of anybody. Yeah. And I mean, you you think back to last week and you look at that and you say, okay, yeah, Brian Cook, you know, trying to eat something at about 25 yards, you know, being playing a little bit aggressive, trying to expect something about 25 yards against Derek Carr. Sure. Now, we've seen Carr be a better deep ball thrower than that. I'm not trying to say that, but the tendency is there. You can't have that. Like you, it, it's almost to the point where, and I hate to even say it, but you, you're willing to give up the 25 yarder for fear of getting beat over the top for 50. And I know us as Chiefs fans are sitting there, you know, with you know semi PTSD about uh, Dan Sorensen, you know, getting beat over the top against the Buffalo Bills in the regular season, not staying deeper than the deepest. And that's a guy that was in Spagnuolo's scheme forever, knew all of this stuff, knew how to stay deep. Like, if anything, Dan stays deep most of the time, except for last year. And then we see that just get destroyed over and over and over again. There is going to be a concept that is going to attack 40 yards down the field on a lot of these offensive plays. And it's not coming off of play action. It's not coming off of anything that you really are going to see that's necessarily even long developing. I mean, 40-yard plays by their nature are long developing, but not for Josh Allen because he's got such a cannon and get the ball there so quickly that it's not like you're sitting there waiting for a quarterback to throw for three and a half, four seconds. He can hit the top of his drop, get it out in 2.7, and have it on top of a guy like Gabe Davis on a vertical plane almost immediately. And so that is scary and dangerous and Boy, it really seems like we're bu- blowing up the Buffalo Bills here, Matty. This is uh, because it's a good offense. It it's a okay, really good so offense. Quickly, give me just one thing that the that the Bills' offense that you could see being exploited um, by the Chiefs' defense. Like, what is one weakness that you see in the Bills' defense? Let's give let's give some hope to these uh, defensive fans in here. I mean, I'm I'm looking at the interior of this offensive line. I love Mitch Morse. Don't get me wrong. Love him. Absolutely love the guy. Love what he did in Kansas City. Love the individual as a person. Mitch Morse versus Chris Jones is a mismatch right now. Uh, Chris Jones is on a heater. The interior of this offensive line is not supremely great. And Chris Jones has an opportunity. He he is playing so well right now. Playing, We talked about it earlier this week, playing really well against the run, a lot more um a lot more stable in the middle there. You're not you're, you're not seeing him get out of his gap as much. You're not seeing him do as much there. You're seeing him hold down a gap really well and it's not hurting his pass rush 
at all. He has been ridiculously effective as a pass rusher. So I see a, a real true mismatch in the middle there. And they're going to need it because if he gets pressure up the gut on Josh Allen, that, that's terrifying for Allen. Yeah, I, I think that's a good one. I think we, I kind of touched on the one already. I just think keeping Josh Allen just second guessing. I don't even mean wrong. He doesn't have to be wrong. He doesn't have to throw a bunch of interceptions. But if you just make him have to think a little bit more post-snap, I think that's where you see the worst versions of Josh Allen. And that's mm-hmm. going to be the case with any quarterback. It's just I think he's still susceptible to that. So that's the way I think I would uh, I would normally go. So I, I guess we move on to players to watch next, right? Yeah, yeah, let's do players to watch. You go first, Matty. Before we do players to watch, I, I got to see, I just shout out, this is kind of like a defensive player to watch, right? Like the Arrowhead mm-hmm. crowd last week. Y'all were great. Oh, yeah. You guys were, you, you, they were elite versus the Raiders. But this week, you guys have to be even better. You guys have to be better. If you're able to go to the game, you have to be better this week against the Bills. And for, luckily for you guys, is a perfect time of the game. Like you can tailgate all day and you are in prime being obnoxiously loud situations as soon as the gates, the whistle goes from the kickoff. Everybody should be able to hear you. But when you first get to the parking lot and you're starting your tailgate, you may see some other fans throwing down some unfamiliar looking tall boys. And you're like, wait, what's that? What do they have over there? They're getting geared up for the game, but these people, they're, they're not drinking beer. Instead, they're taking care of their hydration levels with liquid death. That's right. They are not getting turned at 8 a.m. No, they are addressing that thirst with ice cold mountain spring water straight from the Alps, Craig. Straight from the Alps. Now, you're asking yourself, that sounds really good. Why is it called liquid death? That, that sounds kind of aggressive. Let me tell you. It's because it absolutely murders. No, annihilates your thirst. These people drinking liquid death before the game, they will never be thirsty for the next eight hours ever again because that thirst is eradicated. It is gone. Murdered. Oh, and since it comes in these nice aluminum cans, they're also murdering the use of plastic around the world, which I think we can all appreciate. So make sure you guys get your liquid death at your local Target, Walmart, or even 7-Eleven. That doesn't work? Okay. You can go to your liquid death, find a liquid death retailer near you using the store locator tool at liquiddeath.com backslash KCSN. That is liquiddeath.com backslash KCSN and never be thirsty again until Go you get need yourself well death. lubricated arrowhead. That's a, that's a hell of a transition, Matthew. Hell of a transition for that. I'm going to steal your player to watch. Um, <laughs> Ooh, I hope not. I've been, I haven't mentioned this player's name once because he was teed up for this. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Who you got? My player to watch is Colin Saunders. Um, Colin Saunders has been playing ridiculously well. And we just talked about how Chris Jones needs to play ridiculously well in order to pressure Josh Allen. Chris Jones, if he starts getting things going, is going to see a lot more double teams and they rightfully so he sees a lot of them already. He should see more. That's going to leave Colin Saunders when rushing the passer with a lot more one-on-one reps. Colin right now has been doing a really good job of being that tertiary to, you know, whatever quadrasheri, I made up a word there, rusher, you know, as the, the fourth guy, third or fourth guy that's out there that's really rushing the passer. He's done an excellent job with that, and he's done an excellent job against the run, anchoring up double teams and, you know, kind of forcing teams to not be able to just single block him. If he has a really good game next to Chris Jones, it is going to be a nightmare for that interior because they, they're they going to throw waves at him. And there's going to be pressure coming off the edges. There's going to be linebackers blitzing. There's going to be a whole bunch of pressure coming from all over the place. But when they can settle back into those four-man rushes, if both interior guys are able to beat one-on-ones consistently all game long, it's going to be a problem. There's going to be so many problems on the interior. Colin Saunders can be that guy next to Chris Jones in those scenarios. He has a big game. We might be talking about him as, you know, like get that man an extension soon because he's just playing his way to a lot of money all of a sudden. I like that one. Um, I got a guy that you mentioned a little bit. I haven't yet because I was saving him. Legereus Sneed. All right. And it's he's getting close to where it's not fair to use him. He's almost getting into that Chris Jones territory where he's very clearly the Chiefs' second best defender, I think. Um, but here's the thing. I think this game in particular is important. Stefan Diggs is playing his most snaps in the slot this year since his rookie season up to like 35%. So that alone right there, 
you're getting the best wide receiver on the opposing team is spending, you know, over a third of his time in the slot. So those reps right there already matter a ton for Snead. That's already getting your best cover man versus their best receiver. You've got to not get beat there. You have to win. But more importantly to me, when Isaiah McKenzie, when Khalil Shakir are in the slot, what's LeJarius Snead doing? Is he trying to find, is this when he's going to get his pressure? Do you trust a rookie in Shakir? Do you trust Isaiah McKenzie, who's mostly been a returner until recently with the Bills, to identify when he's playing the improper leverage? When the rest of the coverage tells you he should be outside, but all of a sudden he's inside. When all of a sudden he looks like he's impressed, but it wouldn't make sense for that play. Do you trust these guys to always help call that out? I understand that the quarterback should see that, but receivers help too. Do you trust these receivers to know when they're going to be hot and to run the exact correct hot route on time when LeJarius Sneed blitzes? What kind of mind games is he going to play when he gets these younger receivers? It's not an area that I've dove a lot into so far this year, but I think you've seen some games where LeJarius Sneed's ability from blitzing out of the slot and just mixing things up has made a huge, you know, paid huge dividends. This could be one of those games where he's utilized as a weapon off the side. You remember two years ago, he's one of the players that was actually able to bring down Josh Allen, I do believe, in the playoff game. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of guys mm -hmm. for the Chiefs can do that, but Jerry Sneed has done it before. So, you know, he's a guy I got my on. Big matchup with Diggs in the slot, but more so when it's not Diggs, what does he do to these other receivers, most specifically in terms of blitzing? And where is he coming from? And how is he disguising it? Because if you can get a free rush and not have one of these receivers get the correct hot route, that almost ends a play right there on its own. So I, mm -hmm. I really have my eyes locked there. No, that's a good one. That's a really good one. All right. Should, should we be done with defense? Should we be done talking about the Bills offense a little bit and how the Chiefs are going to do it? Let's turn yeah. to the Levon side of Ooh. the ball here. I mean, everybody's picking the Bills in this game. Vegas has them as favorites. We've seen, you know, Bobby Stroop, Patrick Mahomes trainer, you know, basically sitting there keeping everything in, in a notebook for it. I mean... This is the time when we see the Chiefs come out on offense and we see them try to do what they did against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. For everything that we've talked about with the Bills offense and how damn good they are, how they're basically one or two in all of the important metrics in the entire NFL, guess what they are on defense? The exact same. They're number one in points allowed. They're number two in yards allowed. They do not allow much on to the opposition here, just like the Tampa Bay Bucks didn't. And the Chiefs came out, destroyed their game plan, destroyed what they had to do there. Matty, we'll just kind of start with this kind of generally before we dive into it. Do you think that Andy Reid has a game plan designed to try and beat up this Bills off or Bills defense? much like he did with the Bucks defense. And what we saw last week was just them getting by until they can get to this elite defense to try and get him to destroy. Yes, uh, because this Bills defense is the same defense they've had the last three times, four times these two teams have played. <laughs> um, it's the most zone-heavy defense in the NFL right now. And it's a most too high zone defense, talking cover two, cover four. Um, you know, they'll do some quarter-quarter half stuff. like. They are very high up in all of those. They essentially only want to play zone. And without Tredavious White, and especially now without Micah Hyde, they really don't have, kind of like the Chiefs, they don't have the horses to play man coverage. Like, yeah, any team can get away with it for snaps here and there, but they don't have the horses, even against the Chiefs wide receiver room, just kind of be like, eh, we can mix up what we're doing enough. So I don't anticipate Andy Reid or Patrick Mahomes being just completely befuddled by what the Bills are doing in coverage. And with that being the case, yeah, I would anticipate they do have some kind of game plan. And maybe it looks very similar to what it's looked, you know, two out of the last three times they've played. Maybe four, I guess three out of the last four. There's that one game where it didn't work. And even then they got behind early because of some tip passes, some bad luck stuff. Mm -hmm. I think the Chiefs have a pretty good idea how to attack the Bills defense. I really, really do. It's like the an extreme version or a less extreme version of the Colts all those years when everybody talked about how good the Colts defense was. It's because they bodied bad offenses that couldn't mm -hmm. beat zone. And then when they ran up against good offenses that were like, oh, hey, you're playing zone, watch this. The Chiefs kind of can do that really, really, really well. So I don't think the Bills defense necessarily from a scheme perspective matches up that well against what the Chiefs like to do. I think the Chiefs will have plenty of Buffalo Bills defensive beaters set up and called in this game. It will just be come down into executing them good enough that the Bills can't adjust and take them away. 
That's and you you hit on one of the points that I wanted to talk about. So fantastic segue there, Maddie. Um, if you look at the Who offenses that they play, yeah. <laughs> if you look at the offenses that the that the Buffalo Bills have played, you got the Los Angeles Rams who have turned into a pumpkin since the Super Bowl. Tennessee Titans. Your quarterback has no elbow. No elbow. Tennessee Titans. That offense looks awful right now. Pittsburgh Steelers. Yikes. Just yikes. The only two, you know, decent offenses, decent to good. I don't, I don't want to try and slide either one of these teams. Miami Dolphins, Baltimore Ravens. Those guys are built to beat man coverage. They, they really are. Both of those teams are built to beat man coverage. You got quick guys, explosive guys on the Dolphins team that can just run through everybody, run over the top of everybody, and you don't want to play man against those guys. But you can get away with playing a little bit of zone and trying to fool that quarterback, trying to fool him from doing that. Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens. They want you to play man coverage because they want Lamar to be able to get loose, be able to run, do all of that. If you're playing zone, much like we just talked about with Josh Allen, you got your eyes in the backfield. You can take away some of these routes. You can take away Mark Andrews. You can take away some of this stuff. They have played some teams that they really matched up really well against. The Buffalo Bills have. I don't know that the Chiefs are that team. Like I, I feel like this is one of the one of the teams that the Chiefs are going to come up against from a schematic standpoint that their offense actually matches up really well. They're able to attack all three levels of the defense there. You've still got to respect the speed of McCole Hardman, even MBS, even though we haven't seen it a ton, he's beaten guys vertically enough to where you've got to respect him over the top. And then we're seeing what Juju Smith-Schuster, Travis Kelsey can do intermediately. We're seeing angle routes out of the, you know, out of the running backs, out of the backfield. We're even seeing some of these bubble screens out to Sky Moore and everything like that. They really truly are, you know, attacking every blade of grass horizontally and vertically. And that is dangerous for a team that wants to play zone, wants to, you know, be able to match up and take things away. Lots of flood concepts, lots of things that are going to be zone beaters, match zone beaters. I think we're going to see a lot of those. And I don't think it has to really stray too far from what Andy likes to do. You're not going to push him out of his comfort zone for certain getting into that. And I think the personnel actually matches up a little bit better this year than it has in previous years. And again, Tyreek Hill, elite receiver, blah, 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 blah. But the zone beating nature of this, I think it actually matches pretty well with what the Buffalo Bills do. Oh, I'm with you. And the way the Chiefs have used these big body receivers over the middle of the field, you're attacking, you know, um, Tremaine Edmonds, you're attacking Matt Milano, which Milano especially has had, you know, has some highs, but I also don't think he's this an all pro level linebacker that is, you know, designed in a lab to shut he's down close. Travis Kelsey. Yeah, let's, let's call him a tear down from that. How about that? So, you know, they're good, but you can still attack them over the middle of the field. And, you know, the Chiefs don't like throwing outside the numbers, and that's okay if you're going to try to take that away a little bit with some of your coverage calls. Like, that's absolutely fine. It's just I think it's a game where the Chiefs will not feel overly stressed scheme-wise in their passing game to change stuff. They won't feel confused. They won't look like, you know, they're trying to figure it out like they have sometimes. Now, here comes the big caveat to all of this. Mm -hmm. Can the Chiefs offensive line stop the Bills' four-man pass rush? That's that's the question. Like, that's all it comes into. The Bills don't blitz a whole lot. They don't haven't had to blitz a whole lot. They have Von Miller, who's a stud. They have a bunch of other defensive linemen, a deep rotation that they've had some injuries, but a deep rotation where they've all played good. People are getting, you know, complimentary pressure to allow Von Miller to be still somehow one of the most efficient pass rushers in the entire NFL. So, like, can the Chiefs offensive line hold up against this Bills defensive line that's playing really good? I mean, that that's the biggest question here because it's not just Vaughn. Gregory Rousseau has played really well. Chiefs fans remember him. He had a hell of a game, you know, during the regular season last year. AJ Epinesa has been pretty good rushing the passer as well. I mean, they're getting some contribution from guys like Boogie Basham. Daquan Jones has actually played really well on the interior. The Buffalo Bills blitz the second least of any team in the NFL right now because they are just so good with their four-man rush. I mean, they get... They're about middle of the pack in in pressures without having to bring anything additional very often. And that is scary. We have seen teams try and focus on blitzing Patrick Mahomes. And obviously it has worked to varying degrees. I'm not saying that Patrick has just been carving it up in the way that he has in years past. But I feel like a lot of that is still understanding hot routes for receivers and things like that. It's not Patrick necessarily. It's more getting everybody on the same page where he has struggled a little bit, if he has struggled, if anything at all, 
is that four-man pressure, is that quick edge pressure, and we've seen it too often. So the question becomes, as we've seen to start most of these games, they've kind of tested it. Uh, they've they've kind of, you know, kicked the cage a little bit, if you will, to try and see, hey, can we get away with some of these longer developing passes? Can we have some of these five and seven step drops? Can we get into some of our deeper passing concepts, flood flood routes, as I just talked about, to try and beat some of these zone coverages? Can we get into some of that stuff and trust that our tackles are going to protect the edges well enough to get in there? And they usually test that out for about a quarter. And right now we're seeing them having to really take a hard shift away from that in the second quarter. It's worked when they've shifted away from it. Don't get me wrong. But it, it begs the question, are we going to see that attempt again? Because I think I think you got to try. You've at least got to try. But are you going to commit to it in the same way that we've seen the Chiefs do and then you get off to a rough start, and then you could potentially be in a hole. And this isn't the Raiders. I mean, right. That's no, the key. No, yeah. If you get behind on this team, it's going to be brutal. So, yeah. That's it. Yeah. You can't fall behind this one, adjust, and then anticipate making that comeback because their offense is still really good. And where the Chiefs have, have struggled specifically with this is those first 15 plays, Andy scripted plays, they're phenomenal, but they've kind of come out and there's a fair amount of deeper drops in those. And even the first couple plays after that, if it's not like entirely obvious that that's what's happening, you know, maybe one of the trick plays there, you know, designer plays is what gets stuffed and ruins a drive. Maybe it's not just the pass rush. So you'll maybe even get a third drive that has some of these deeper drops and some of these, you know, longer developing plays. And then the chiefs get away from it. But I don't know if you can spot the bills kind of three possessions if that's going to happen. So I'm not saying you can't try some of it. It's just, I think the answers have to already be baked in. You have to have some answers already baked in the way this defensive line for the Bills are playing, specifically just Von Miller. Von Miller versus Andrew Wiley, and especially Orlando Brown Jr. right now, you have to have answers already in there. You don't need to wait and see it. He's fast, he's explosive, and he can still dip. That means Orlando Brown's going to have multiple plays where he just doesn't touch him for 10 yards. It's just going to happen. And you know that. So you can't be going into this expecting that to see like, oh, well, maybe let's see if it works this week. You can't. You just have to already come out with that solution. If they do that, I feel pretty good about the you know their ability because I we've seen it. It's the Chargers against the Raiders, uh, against the Bucks. Yeah, the Bucks didn't even have to adjust much. Like they've made these adjustments to where they can all of a sudden start operating a very good, high fly, you know, highly efficient offense. They just need to get there first. So come out and go ahead and have that decided immediately. Don't spend time trying to deal with that. And this also takes me to my next question. The Bills pretty much only play nickel. Um, mm -hmm. It's hard to determine because Von Miller's listed as a linebacker, so depending on where the information comes from, they get 3 3 5 a lot when it's sure. not. Um, but I'm pretty sure they pretty much only play nickel. Did the Chiefs run the ball? Did Chiefs come out and just say, hey, here's our Buccaneers game plan now? I think the Bucks game plan was still very much based around the alignment of wide defensive ends, getting a lot of pure nose tackles head up over Creed Humphrey. And that's where you saw some of those specific runs. However, the bills will play you with the light box. They will play nickels, a nickel defense versus 21 personnel, 12 personnel, 13 personnel. They are going to play their nickel defense. Do yeah. you like it? Yeah. Do we start to see the run? I mean, I think so. Uh, we have seen, what what Andy Reid has been able to scheme up in the run game against Sean McDermott really well, specifically with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has had some of the best games of his career against Buffalo. I think people remember how quiet of a rushing attack he had in the divisional round. I know everybody remembers all the 13 seconds and everything that they were able to do and all that. Clyde went seven for 60 on the ground running the ball in that game. He was highly efficient. Now, the regular season game, there's a lot of mess in that. The Chiefs were down immediately. They didn't get the run game going. But the previous regular season game, Clyde Edwards-Alaire went nuts where the Chiefs kind of unloaded some of their gap scheme stuff, tried to get guys on the move, and really took advantage of Sean McDermott's defense. And as Matty said earlier in the podcast here, it's the same defense. Like he's not reinventing the wheel. They just got, they have the horses and they just rely on their execution to do it. And they do it really well. There's number one defense in the league for a reason. They they really do. But Andy has always had some kind of counter for the the Bills. However, they're aligning. He's got a run play in in the holster there. And this is the time. You know, you're worried about Orlando Brown Jr. being able to block. Von Miller a little bit more. You're worried about Andrew Wiley when he has to see Von Miller or Gregory Rousseau. Now all of a sudden 
the best way to get those guys on their heels is by leaning on them and leaning on them with these big heavy dudes that are run maulers, play some more gap scheme stuff, get Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Jarek McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco, get them some reps early and try and pound the rock a little bit more. Get creative with it too. No, don't just line up and run inside zone over and over. Dominate the line of scrimmage like we saw them dominate the line of scrimmage against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We know this offensive line has it in them. They just did it two weeks ago. You do that against this defense, all of a sudden those pass rushers, and that's part of the reason why they couldn't get it going against the, you know, why the Bucs couldn't get it going against the Chiefs, they don't get to just tee off. It's not just a third and long, I'm going to beat them up the arc, and I'm going to get, you know, I'm just going to keep punishing Patrick Mahomes. You got to respect your run gap. And these are good pass rushers. Don't get me wrong. They're good players. They they can definitely still do that. But that's one of the key ways that you can slow down the pass rush, help your tackles out, lean on a run game that you have been very effective with in previous matchups against the Bills themselves. No, oh, and I, I think you nailed it. It's don't come out and just run outside inside zone and let this defense that has seen you numerous times pick up the tendencies of all your run plays. They have, you know, I'm, obviously the Chiefs have had success running against them, but I know the big Clyde game as a rookie, it came, we talked about a lot. That was the Travis Kelsey played a lot in the backfield. They started mixing in um, in the playoff game. I think that's where they started to mix in some or even more of their Y insert stuff. Like they kind of catch the Bills with the non-zone stuff, the gap stuff mm-hmm. that's kind of designed to maybe beat up on some of these lighter boxes a little bit. So come out and give that Buccaneers game run attack, and I feel pretty good about it. Um, I guess like last little thing here kind of for the offense, which is which wide receiver is going to step up this week, right? And like maybe there's yeah. a player to watch, so you know you can save a little bit there, but every week we kind of talked about it on uh, the Monday show. Every week it's kind of a different wide receiver that's stepping up. We haven't seen Justin Watson do much since that first touchdown um, against the uh, Chargers since that week two game. Uh, we, Sky Moore's kind of usage peaked. I'm not saying he's taken over the game, but his usage kind of peaked against the Bucks. You still saw them try to get him involved this past week, but it wasn't a lot. Nicole Hardman, even on a you know one and a half feet, had a big game. We've seen Juju be solid, but maybe he's coming off of arguably his worst game as a Chief, just not able to get it going. But MVS is coming off his best game. Which wide receiver is going to step up and provide that secondary go-to target that you know Travis Kelsey is going to be, and you know the Bills will try to take him away? Who can be consistent in his absence? And I just it's kind of like where's Waldo, and I think that's what the Chiefs want. Yeah, it it is. And let's not pretend like Matt Milano or Tremaine Edwins is going to be able to take away Travis Kelsey. They're not. They're just not. And unfortunately, with you know them missing Micah Hyde, you you do suffer at the safety position a little. He you know elite safety. It doesn't matter who it is. I I, I don't. I, I like Jaquan Johnson fine, but like he's no Micah Hyde. He's just no Micah Hyde. So you're going to have to keep some deep safeties. You're going to have to keep some guys back there. So Travis Kelsey is going to be able to go under there. They're going to try and bracket him there. I'm saying it's going to be Juju. I think that there's space in there for zone beaters. You know, you try and find those seams in the zone. He's very good at that. He's been very good at that consistently throughout his career. I think that this is a game for that. I'd like to see more Sky Moore. I would like to see more McCole Hardman. I'd like to see more MVS continue what he did last week. But I just feel like the, the style of game suits Juju, you know, a lot more, you know, grass stains, you know, walling off corners and getting tough yards. It it feels like that kind of game to me at this stage. So I'm predicting it's Juju, but yeah, no, I'm with you. Does the revolving door continue or do we see somebody basically step up and, and kind of grab a hold of that role starting with this week? So, all right, players to watch, Maddie, I'm going to let you start on the offense this week. You go ahead. Okay. Um, well, I, you know, I was going to go with Juju Smith-Schuster, um, oh. but I think you talked enough about him. Uh, it's fine. I didn't tell you. Here's my only rationale. The two times the Chiefs have seen the least amount of man coverage this year have been arguably Juju Smith-Schuster's two best games. Oh, it's weird. It's almost like he's one of the best receivers for zone. Maybe yep. not the best first man. Now that he's bad, just that's not his bread and butter. So, hey, a lot of zone coverage. Look for Juju Smith-Schuster. So we'll go with somebody else. Um, Michael Burton. Fullback. Mm. The Ravens in the Dolphins had their most EPA per play out of 21 personnel versus the Bills. Somehow, some way, the Dolphins ran 10 plays. The uh, Ravens ran about 26. Half of them for the Dolphins were passes. About a third were passes for the Ravens. Just for whatever reason, adding the fullback to the field for those two teams, it could be coincidental, but adding a fullback on the field for those two teams 
resulted in them having their best offensive performance on those snaps, whether it's the run, whether it's the pass. And we already talked about, we want to see more of the run game. I think Burton allows you to do a little bit more with your run game. allows you to get a little bit more creative. If they're not going to match it with extra bodies, please let Burton go out and seal off Teron Johnson. Who's a phenomenal nickel corner. He's just not taking on Michael Burton. So, you know, this could be a big Burton game. Instead of going so much 12 personnel, I would rather see 21. I would rather see Burton over Noah Gray in this game to block. I think that would be a little bit more lethal for the Chiefs. Yeah, give me a big Michael Burton game. Wow. I ah. Wow. I, yeah. I am shocked. Michael Burton, by the way, has played less don't than do. 10% of the offensive Oh, yeah, he doesn't play season. at all. I don't expect yeah. <laughs> it, but I just think this would be a great time to pull it out because, again, they're not going to match you with base. This is one of the teams that is not going to put a linebacker out there with them. So why not? I'm with it. I'm with it. My player to watch also coming out of the backfield is Isaiah Pacheco. We, we've seen it time and time again. I'm not going to go too deep into it with this. He runs best in gap schemes. He runs best when he can target that, be explosive, run through a linebacker. That's what the Chiefs need to do. That's what they've had their most success doing against Buffalo. I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire still has a big game. Don't get me wrong. I just think we're also going to see, again, much like the Buccaneers game. I know I've said that like 42 times in this podcast. I think we're going to see Isaiah Pacheco match him. And I think we're going to see a lot of good performances out of him. Seemed like he wasn't wasn't the the go-to guy for the Chiefs in that last week's game. I think this is a prime one. Run more gap, get him with a full head of steam behind those pads, and take full advantage of it. All right, Maddie. Prediction time. Who you got, buddy? Well, we spent a lot of time talking about how it's kind of difficult for both of these defenses to stop the opposing offense. So why would I pick anything other than a high-scoring affair? We've already we're getting here at 50 minutes. I don't know if I have a lot more analysis I can add to the game picks here. Um, I think the Chiefs might start a little slower than we'd like. I don't think they're going to start as slow as they did versus the Raiders, but you know, their first drive might look bad or their second drive might look bad and early. They might fall down to a quick early hole in the first half, close the gap. I can think it'll, this game will stay relatively close all the way through. I do have the chiefs coming out. You miss me with all this, this home underdog stuff, this Patrick Mahomes. Like, come on. You don't think they're talking about that in this locker room. I, I would be surprised if this team comes out flat when the chiefs don't come out flat. I think they, I still think they're the best team in the NFL. They take this one 38 to 35 in another super fun game that just kind of comes down to Patrick Holmes just being a little bit better than Josh Allen still, despite what some talking folks want to say. Still, still, always and still. I also have the Chiefs winning this one. I think that the Chiefs are going to come out. I don't think that they're going to start slow. I think they're going to have the game plan ready. I think you're going to see them firing on all cylinders. I think that defensive line gets heated up a little bit early. Both on both sides for you know the, for the Chiefs defensive line and then the Chiefs offense heating up that defensive line a little bit pushing on them a little. I think the Chiefs are going to come out really set the tone early in this game and I think we're going to see Josh Allen come back a little bit. We're going to be talking a little bit about the, how the Chiefs defense led them back into this game while they're playing some soft prevent stuff towards the end of the game. I still think the Chiefs come out in a game that looks closer than it actually is because that Arrowhead crowd is going to be rocking. I got the Chiefs winning 34-31. We thank you all so, so much for sticking with us through this entire thing with me and Maddie breaking down Chiefs versus Bills. Please hit the like button, hit the share button, subscribe, give us five stars on iTunes, give us five stars on Spotify, hit us with all of that fun stuff. It helps us so much to grow the channel. Tell your friends, we will be back, coming back with a post-game show about this game. Hopefully, after an excellent game and a Chiefs victory, be kind to each other. We'll catch you later. Can't pick the Bills to win.